Welcome to episode three of the Survivors of Addiction podcast produced by Stephanie Mendenhall, that's me, (laughs) and Oregon Sound Recording. Music is titled We Are the Champs and is by Record Productions. This episode is about peer support and lived experience. And after spending most of their lives in active addiction, Brandon and Christy changed their life when they found recovery. Join them as they expose differing viewpoints and reveal what it takes to be a survivor of addiction. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, Brandon. Hey, you guys. I'm so glad you guys could be here today. This is Brandon Orr, and I'm with... Christy Lashober. And today we're going to have a guest with us uh, towards the end of our uh, segment here, um, Iran Ortega. He's in the house. You want to say hi real quick? Hello, everyone. Yeah, so we're super excited to uh, have you guys walk along this journey with us. Today's episode is... Well, to say the least, it's a privilege to talk about because in my early recovery, I never knew what peer support was or if it even was a thing. And I never would have thought in my decades of addiction that there would be a purpose behind it all. And my live experience has allowed me to help others that were in my predicament and I'm sure Christie's as well and Eron's as we'll get into, um, help them walk alongside them so they could better um, have better road to success in their recovery. Um, it's super important that first I just want to put it out there that this job is not for the faint heart. It's not for the weak. Um, you really have to have a passion for people. You have to have love in your heart. Um, you have to see people as a whole. You can't, you can't take anything for granted. Um, Stephanie and I say all the time, we're probably the most stood up people in Medford, Oregon, because (laughs) that's the truth, man. Like, you know, people, they want to get clean. They really do. And when they come to us, you know, they're at a state of, of the five stages of changes of, you know, contemplation, Mm pre-contemplation sometimes. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's never... It's never an easy feat, but success, uh, recovery is possible, and s- same with success in life. I just don't, I just don't want to take this episode lightly because it means the absolute absolute world to me. Um, so, Christy and I, we have the privilege of having a career in this field. Um, some call it the recovery field. I like to call it the field of empowerment. Mm, I like that. Yeah, man, because in reality, like recovery is great, but like empowering people is my passion. Mm. You know, we can do so much more than just, there's so much more than just recovery, you know? And to be honest with you, I can't believe that all the shit that I stirred up in that 27 years is allowed me to be good at my profession today. Wow. Like, you, d- does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. You know, if we look back on all the things that we did to ourselves and to other people at a time and you're in a prison cell alone and and you think about all the things that you did and how am I ever going to make up for that? And where what am I going to do with all that guilt and shame? Right, right, right. And it's just a blessing that that it it has to happen. You got to have to want to change. Yes. Like you can't just be like. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and be in this field and then, you know what I mean, low-key have reservations about still going out and slinging drugs. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, you have to seriously put the work in, 
put the effort in. It is a 40-hour training that you have to go through, um, which we'll get into. Um, but I never thought in a million years that I would work for an organization that absolutely allows me to love people right where they're at. Mm. Absolutely get to walk alongside people such as Eron, you know, that absolutely are killing it in life. You know, not every single one is 100% success. But if we can get one out of five, you know, we're winning, dude. That's one life saved, right? Right. But I believe that every single one is a is a success in the fact that every single time they leave from seeing one of us, they know they are loved. Regardless. 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 Like if even they're if, ready yeah, to change Even if they not. go back out, they yes. come back in and they know that we're there for them. You know, uh, Stephanie Mendenhall's with us, and she is the executive director of Reclaiming Lives. And I have the pleasure, and so does Christy, of yes. calling her our boss. Um, but we want to get into a little bit about what we do with our organization. So we thought it would be just the best idea to have Stephanie come on and talk a little bit about um, why she developed this um, nonprofit and what it means to her. Everybody, Stephanie Mendenhall. Ooh, hey, Steph. I've always wanted to do that. Like, <laughs> Is just, that your first it, time introducing it, her well, like that? I mean, on mic and so yeah. great. And I don't know if that was a 10 out of 10, but it felt like a solid 8. That's awesome. I it love felt that. like a solid 8. You know, titles and introductions are my yes. thing. Right. <laughs> no, you sound like you have the perfect voice to do the let's get ready to rumble. You know, I, I'm trying to get a hold of Dana. <laughs> Dana White, if you hear this, get at me, boy. <laughs> You're his replacement. Hey, Buffer getting old, man. Come look at Orr. You know what I mean? <laughs> you totally no, could do it. Thank you. Um, I actually can't stand the sound. Like most people, I can't stand the sound of my voice on recording, but other people say it's great, so I just run with it and give it my all. Um, thank you for being with us yeah. as always, and thank you for having the dreams to be able to do this podcast. This really is something we developed um, during the uh, lockdown, and um, I just can't believe that it developed so fast and that we get to do what we do. Can you talk with us, Stephanie, a little bit about Reclaiming Lives and what it is? Sure. So uh, Reclaiming Lives is a nonprofit that um, I wrote a business plan for and started with many people who helped me out along the way. Um, board chair Bill Mance, my husband Tony Mendenhall, and our sons Matt and Marcus, and then Love my girl one of them. Patty Duncan, who's been with me for five years, um, all were a big part of what developed out of, you know, my brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> that brain, though. <laughs> Five years ago, I was working for Jackson County Health and Human Services as the integration manager, and I had the opportunity to shadow people through the social service system. And I had worked in um, that field for 22 years, but always as back-end and support services. And so I had a lot of head knowledge about how addiction worked and uh, the chaos that comes about with a life filled with drugs and alcohol right. and um the things that result in that, but I had never sat across from someone and, and tried to create a recovery plan for them or saw them take steps to change their life. And so when that happened um, with Patty and a number of other people in my life, I just was truly inspired to see if I could stand alongside somebody for a really long time and see how they could change their mm. life. So can I ask you something? Mm -hmm. How many people did you say you seen at one time uh, before you did your nonprofit? Oh, so at one point— um, we had a young girl who was 
living with us, and she introduced us to 65 other people. Wow. So the picture in your brain is probably, wow, that's a lot of people hanging out in the living room. And it was. <laughs> but my husband at one point said, you know, it'd be great if we could move this thing out to another location where um, people in community could become more involved in it and had a wider spread. And it was really uh, just amazing to see our young sons, who were 15 and 18 at the time, really care about people on a whole new level and realize that not everybody was raised with the benefit of a two-parent household and and, right. and advantage. And yeah. so uh, our heart was really about how can we help people who are in their 20s uh, find recovery. Maybe they don't even know what recovery looks like. Maybe they've um, exhausted every resource in their family, and I understand how that works more than most in some ways. Not because my kids struggle with addiction, but because I'm so close to the girls and, and gentlemen that I've helped in the last five years. It's heartbreaking to see people make progress and then go back to what they know. No. But it's uh, what they know. Yes, and that does happen. And so we make room in our lives for relapse, and we understand, and we continue to love and hold space until they're ready to come back. And they know that the Mendenhalls love them, mm -hmm. exactly what Christy said at the top of the show. So when I created uh, Reclaiming Lives, it was about how can we... Uh, use other people's lived experience to influence and impact people um, to the greatest extent possible. So when I think about, you know, what works with people who are struggling with addiction, it's about somebody who can say, yes, that happened to me and I understand right where you're at. Mm. And it's about, you know, I love you and want to see you do better. And then it becomes about, have you thought about going to college or what career would you like to tackle? Yep. And, you know, people who struggle with addiction don't think that's possible for them, and we're here to tell them that it is. And we see it firsthand, Stephanie. Really, we do every day. It's that, that's probably one of the most beautiful parts about working for Reclaiming Lives is the amount of success that we truly have with our members. You know, like we said earlier, not everybody gets clean. Right. Mm -hmm. But they will, and that's our hope, yes. right? Yes. Everybody who yeah. wants a chance to get clean, we provide that for them. Right. And we, we're we not a treatment organization. We provide probably the kind of the later end of the recovery continuum um, in offering services after care, if you want to call it that, right. where people can come after they've, you know, engaged in treatment and those things. But we also provide the front end, the very first contact. Maybe right. it's someone who doesn't know whether they're ready for treatment, but they are not ready to walk into a treatment facility. So they're able to come and meet with us and just hear about what their options are. We talk to them about what's worked for other people. We ask them what they've tried in the past. We look for solutions that are based on what they think will work for them, not what we think will work for them. Right. Yeah, Which, it's so it's so interesting, you know, because I think that's such a foreign concept for so many people. Right. You know, as you're talking stuff, I remember when I relapsed and I was in Oregon, I was visiting here, and I went to the hospital and my family was there and they're like, we need, you know, she needs to go somewhere. And there was nobody. In fact, the doctor said there's nothing here. There's no treatment. There's no, there That's was so no sad. person. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think about if, if, if How they said I was have, that, Chris? that was, boy, that was probably 2000, maybe 11. Right. And that's the that's the point I was trying to make in the very beginning. Yeah. Like we didn't have peer support really back then. I never heard of that term right. prior, or prior to coming here. But then mm -hmm. I think about, you know, I'm really trying to think, how would I have taken 
coming into the office and sitting down with you two that just looked at me and met me where I was, not telling me, here's what you need to do, and just let me process where I was, what I was doing to my family, what I was doing to my heart, and um, knowing that I had two people that were of full support of me, I think would have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, real quick, the, Stephanie, her mission statement here, and do you mind if I read it? No, go ahead. Because it's, I, I can, I read it a lot and I just love it. And it really, it really, here, just, I'm just going to get right to it. Her mission statement and the mission statement of Reclaiming Lives is to provide hope and stability to those struggling with drugs and alcohol addiction through recovery planning and long-term support. We ain't getting rid of you. <laughs> tell me why that. Tell, so in this right here, the, the, the big bold words are recovery planning and long-term support. Why is that? Why did you bold those up? Why, is it, why are those such important to you? I just really believe in relationships. I think that people grow when they feel loved. And if you come from a place where you accept people where they're at, even if it's not where you hope that they're at or where they need to be, they will continue to come back and seek that out because it's attractive to them. And so we really emphasize the long term because so many of the programs that were funded when I was at the county and many now, and I understand there are many things that go into those decisions about, you know, billing and things. It's about a short term relationship to get you to the next step. And I understand that. But at the back end of all of the treatment and all the things that happen, you have to have someone in your life that's rooting for you, that's helping you move forward, that's giving you the opportunity for personal development. Somebody who really wants to see you do well and be who you are intended to be. Right. And And in a way that's Unique right. to them. Yeah. Everyone's unique. Right. 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 And the, the beautiful thing is when she says long-term support, like when she was saying it's we're not a six-month thing. We're not a one-year thing. We're going to hold on to you for as long as we can. Yes. You know, um, I, I, I like to say this because I think it's funny, but it's so true. Like if you muck with us. You stuck with us. <laughs> that's what he said to me when he came in for his interview. <laughs> like, well, are you that's sure? A new one. <laughs> you know, like, are you sure you want to hire me? Because, like, I'm hard to get rid of. Like, I'm like, I'm just, I'm not the one. You know, I'm curious. Um, I have never asked you this, but you tell us all the time. I'm curious, and just to let the viewers know, what did you see in Christy and I? Yeah. To hire us, like I, I, I like I, I imagine it's because we have big hearts and we love people, but there's got to be so much more than that because there's so many people with big hearts that love people. Yeah, there's something about um, seeing people operate in your organization as a volunteer before you hire them. So uh. that's kind of been uh, something that I embraced from the very beginning because truly for, you know, the first three years, we were all volunteers, including me. I hired Brandon be- before I hired myself. Cha-ching. Uh-oh. So um, we had uh, five or six circle leaders in the beginning who were leading our recovery circles at Recovery Cafe, which we'll talk about soon. But it, it really was about, wow, I can't can't believe that people will spend time every week giving back and not expect anything in return. And so when people come to our organization, I always ask them if they'd be willing to be in a circle, like participate in one. And because we hire peer support and people with lived experience, they fit in, you know, whether you have two years clean, 
20 years clean, you still remember what it was like to be out there. And your last use. And so um, asking people to be part of a circle really gives them kind of a feeling for what we do in in this mentoring in a group setting concept. And so every one of the people sitting around the table, Brandon, Christy, and Iran, um, are peer support or we're peer support leaders in our organization, but they all started out as participants. And so I I just really love to see people's heart in true action and um, be able to gauge from there, is this somebody who really cares about others and wants to give back? Um, In Brandon, I just saw such a leader. Um, he had a reputation on the streets, of course, and, and his criminality. But there's something about somebody who's still a good guy out there. I don't know how else to word it. But when people come in and, you know, maybe they knew him in his addiction and not his recovery, they respect him still. And so, you know, I don't want to minimize his criminal activity or what went on in his life, but I do want to say that, you know, his heart is good. And um, when people see him clean because he was out there in our community for so long, it makes a huge impact on them. If Brandon Orr can get well, then maybe I can too. Mm -hmm. And so I just love his heart for others. I appreciate Everything he gives to us, like I push him, I try not to, <laughs> but like I just want us to be different and and make changes in not just the system, but really in people's lives. And so I know that if I choose a team who's passionate about that, then I have the right team. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, I, I just want to yeah. say like, first off, like, holy crap, I almost cried just now. Um, my My purpose for working for with you, Stephanie, is I want to see people live the life that they deserve. And thank you for letting me come along with you. Seriously. It's been wow. my joy. Like, Brandon and I are very close, as I am to Christy, too. Like, we spend a lot of time getting oh in each gosh. other's heads. Like, the poor man works <laughs> with us. We're exhausted <laughs> by the end of the day. Christy, my poor wife, dude. She has, I have to go home, and she's just, my wife just, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, babe, I just was with two women all day. Can I just watch <laughs> oh, some look football? Who's talking who the talker is. Right? I just want to watch some football, okay? Like, <laughs> oh, no, funny. thank you, Steph. We have so much fun. We have so I even took him on my vacation. Mm. It was great. Him and his wife. It was great. Yeah. So Christy um, was different than Brandon in a way. Um, I still saw so much leadership potential in her, and she was a leader right out of the gate. Um, I was amazed at her uh, story. I guess um, it was a lot about her coming out of a difficult situation, spending five years in federal prison. And being able to hit the ground and make something of it, you know, it's like people either go to prison and continue in their criminality or they go to prison and they want something different. And then you can want it. But when you get out, are you willing to do the work? Like, it's hard. It's hard. I watch people all the time go through that process. And for Chrissy, I didn't see her immediately upon her release, but not that long after. And some folks had already gotten their hands on her, and she had been truly inspired. And I just was impressed that she was going to college and getting her degree. And she would drop by after school, night classes, and she would say, what's going on in here tonight? And who can I meet? And I mean, she was just passionate about what we did and and the people we were serving. And so having her come on board has been amazing. She has a degree in leadership and innovation from SOU. 
ACLU, Southern Oregon University. Uh, she brings yeah, like, she a <laughs> whole another segment to our organization. She writes amazing articles for the newsletter. She's very um, connected in Salem uh, with legislative processes, and we're working on a project right now to help people who are coming out of prison um, integrate into the higher education system. And I'm just so proud of the work she does. Both of them, like I know that Brandon and Christy represent my organization well. Like I trust them with our name and everything we do. I never worry that they're going to say something that doesn't come from our or heart. Or do something. Wow. <laughs> so I guess, I've been yeah. known. <laughs> I, I just feel like, you know, when I took this on, um, being a person who's not in recovery, uh, there was kind of some feelings of, is, am I going to resonate with people who struggle with this when I don't have that life experience? But, you know, I'm passionate about seeing people get well. I love them so much. And then all of these amazing people came flooding in the right. door. There were days when Brandon and I were, were on our own and we would be like, you can't make this stuff you up. You just like, cannot, what? dude. <laughs> this guy just called and said he wants to volunteer a day a week with us. Are you kidding me? Like, who gives up a day of paid work to come to our organization and work for us for free? Like, I And it I, goes beyond that, do. but right. And, yeah. and not just people, like, amazing people. Right. Like, but educated, you know, just really good at their job people. Yeah. I don't think she ever says or doesn't say that person's amazing. She like her comment is, "I just love them, and they are amazing to well, every single person." You know, and and just quickly, people, you know, when Stephanie asks anybody to do anything, which is just, "Hey, can you right come on. for this?" or um, "Can you show up here?" People show up, and then and then I say, "Hey, do you know why you're here?" And they said, "No." Stephanie asked me, so I show up, and the reason is because even though you don't have that lived experience. Your heart is so big and so welcoming and so inclusive that people want to be a part of it. People want to show up. Yeah, dude. Dang, Christy's so beautiful. And I hope you guys caught something that Christy said in there. She doesn't have the lived experience. And that's my favorite part, actually, because I am such a supporter of squashing stigma. That's why I love to get dressed up in my wardrobe stylist outfit and say and tell people I just got out of prison because the shock on their face, what they think a person in prison looks like is not. Tattoos on your face, (laughs) swole body, burpees like nobody's business. Some of us have more burpees. That's about it. (laughs) But I think it's making spreads. (laughs) When when um, I got out of prison, there was a lot of people that had not never been to prison that that helped me, and so I and. Even though they maybe do not suffer from addiction, they suffer from other things that they're quiet about that they don't share. So if someone like us comes along and shares our story, then then they think, wow, if they can share that shameful story, then maybe I can share something that's going on with me. And that's how we connect to each other in the world. So I love that it's not just a whole big group of people who have— you know, done crime and done time. It's it's people that have hearts, and there's so many volunteers that come to the cafe in different places. So that um, you know, it's just it's just a community helping each other. Right. That's it. And real quick, Stephanie, it's like people do come. Yeah. When you ha- when you ask, and there's a reason for that. Like Stephanie, I don't think you know. I've lived in a lot of places. I've done a lot of things. I've met a lot of people. 
but I have never met anybody who has not suffered from addiction and or alcoholism and Cares so wanted much. to just wanted to love people. When I you guys, when I first started this gig, I looked at her and I said, "Do you know what the hell you're getting yourself into?" <laughs> You are dealing with some of the most manipulative. Oh, and we're witty, boy. Oh, and we come across. Are you sure that's what you want to do? She said, this is what I was called to do. All right. I'm riding shotgun. Wow. <laughs> I'll ride shotgun. I have some really cool stories. People. I follow you, my fearless leader. <laughs> oh, you guys are great. You know, while we have Iran here, I just want to talk a little bit, Iran, because it was a super special moment, not just for you, but for Stephanie and I. Yeah. Um, when you first walked in to Reclaiming Live to meet Stephanie and I, can you give us a little bit of playback about what that looked like, how you felt, and all that good jive? Absolutely. When I first met Brennan and Stephanie, uh, I was one week out of prison. I came from the Arizona Department of Corrections, and I was terrified. I had no idea what to expect, and when I came in, they, um, they came right alongside me. Mm. And they were there to help me. And to be honest with you, I didn't know how to receive their help. I thought the whole thing was a gimmick. I even asked them, how much is this going to cost me? And the only response that I got from them was just to give back. And they proceeded to um, help me in so many ways. They were sending me refer one referral after another and, um, and helped me to uh, put together my goals. And... I followed through with those goals, and here I am today. Yeah, you are. And what else did they do to help you be besides your goals? Well, like, what made you feel start to feel safe with them? The most important thing that they did was they sat down with me, and they accepted me for exactly who I am. Mm. And they just loved me. And I remember when you said you needed a referral to an, another agency and that you plan on getting your license and that you had all these goals. And like, I, I remember looking over at Stephanie and I'm like, bro, we can do that. And before, before like I even got the lookout, she was already up at her desk, uh, mm -hmm. literally typing 30 freaking miles an hour. Yep. I couldn't believe it. And next thing she's like, what else do you need? Yeah. Wow. And then yeah, at the end of it, he's, and then, and like he sat with us for about an hour and a half and he says, you guys, this is great. He says, what'd you ask us? How much does this cost? Yeah. Because <laughs> this stuff's yeah. not free. Yeah, this stuff is not free. You, you, you don't He's do like, this. He's like, do you need a no. peanut butter or yeah. am I going to trade my sneakers? No, because there, wa there was a price that we asked of you and it was to pay it forward. To and pay Iran, it forward, I got to yes. tell you right now, like, you have done that tenfold. Thank yes. you. Like, seriously, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so Isn't that amazing when someone gets support like that just five days out of prison i mean that's yeah. there's a lot happening five days out of prison yeah but i was absolutely ready when i came out mm. right I just, I just didn't know what it was going to look like i mean i had a vision while i was in prison that i was going to be working with homeless people mm. and that i was going to be leading groups you know i was just sitting on my on my bunk one day and and this vision came to me and and i just said okay Right, you know, and, and and I had no idea where I said I'm just going to trust you and, I, and and to lead me and, and I remember take when me. you started to do that. Yep. Yeah, and at that point, I was still going to be released in Arizona, and then the next thing I know, I had an opportunity to come to Oregon and and just kill it. And here I am, <laughs> just yeah. killing it, bro. Yeah. What I but, remember uh, is that you did everything we said. 
When people come and see Brandon and I, we love people like Iran because, like, we can make all the suggestions in the world, but most people are like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, but if you don't follow through, what good was it? Right. It only works if you do it or try it. And so, you know, the fact that I could hand him a form and make a phone call and give him an address and he would go there and mm-hmm. he would do the work and he would get the service and he would work on it. Like that was everything. Like that's success right there. Like you have to be willing to engage right. in your own recovery and create the plan for yourself. We're just there to offer up what might work. So right. here comes some recovery lingo, ladies and gentlemen. It only works if you work it. Absolutely. So work it because you're worth, worth it. it. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, it, it, you know, some of those, like I said, are like in the other episode, like mm-hmm. some of that lingo is so cliche, but it, it matters because if you don't work it out, what are you doing? You're staying stagnant. You're not growing. Yeah. So what are the, what are the couple of things that you've done? Oh, I've, uh, well, number one, I've gotten my driver's license back what? after 18 years of suspension. 18 years? Wow. Bro, I am yeah, I went, so I, proud of you. Wait, so you didn't get, have your license for 18 years? No. Wow. No, I did not. How did that Most feel? That getting in, in your car or getting a license? Oh, it, it, it was it was amazing. And then I actually bought my own car. What? Got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just wow. a little while later. It, it it was amazing. You know, when I first I had I had to get my permit first. Right. And I had one of my brothers pick me up to go to a meeting. And he pulls up and he pulls up with his entire family the day that I got my permit. And I see him and his wife both get out of the car. His wife goes to the back and my brother goes to the driver's seat. And he's got his three kids in the car as well. And he says, all right, bud, hop in. I'm putting my family in in your hands. (laughs) And it just, it it really just, I was nervous. I was shaking driving, (laughs) you know, but... But I did it, and it, it it was great. And now, now I just drive. I haven't had this much responsibility yeah. in eighteen years. That's a whole family. Wow. Yeah. So also, um, I went and got um, medically treated. You know, in, in so many different ways. I hadn't I hadn't seen a doctor in oh, almost twenty years, and wow. and so I went to the doctor, and I took care of all my issues that I had, and uh, also went through peer support training. And yeah, you did. Yes, I did. And I started um, Well, I was in the circles already with them. And then they came to me one day and said, hey, you know, um, you've gone above and beyond everything that we asked of you. And those are the people that I want as leaders. Wow. And offered me an opportunity to start leading circles. And and, and I'm doing that now. Today. Yeah, you are. Thank and, you for and, thank you for your commitment, man. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and not just that, but I, I'm also um, I'm also working for uh, Rogue Retreat at the Kelly Shelter. I'm working right on the front lines with the homeless. So my vision that I had seen in prison actually came true. Wow! And it works so, if you work it. It works yeah. if you work it, and so that's what. I, and and I love my job. Yeah, you Because I because I get to work with you know. Oh, I bet people, you're amazing. Uh, yeah, I get to work with people every day and come on, come on right alongside them right. like you guys came alongside me. I'm telling you, once we're allowed to, me and Stephanie, we're going to be doing a lot of outreach, and we're going to come see you on the front lines, and we expect tip-top shape out of you, buddy. Well, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you I'm get ready. that. <laughs> we expect nothing but the best out of you, buddy. Yes, sir. No, we'd love you to death. You know, speaking of the peer support class and stuff, do you guys have anything for Eron? I just wanted to point out that he hasn't been out of prison that long. Like, the accomplishments that he's right. made is right. short-term. Tell him what day you got out of prison. April 7th, 2020. This year. Wow. This April year. 7th. It's what? November 17th, I think. Yes. That is amazing. That, yes. that my friend, 
is a climb. Yes. Like yeah. not only not only did you look up at the mountain, did you look up at the mountain? You're like, damn, my goal is way up there. Yes. But you packed a lunch, a backpack, and a change of clothes, and you hiked <laughs> that damn mountain, and you got up there, my friend. Yes. And now you're looking down. <laughs> Absolutely. So proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. So damn proud of you. It's dude. a really cool thing to see someone lead by example in the way you have. Our last podcast was about leading by example. If you mm-hmm. haven't heard it, you should go listen Check to it. Check it out. Episode yes. two, though. But like, <clears throat> that is amazing what you've been I, able to I, accomplish. I had to work, you know. Oh, yeah. and, it's a lot you know, of work. And yeah. I had to go through a lot of pain, you know, and, and, and to get there. Right. You know, right. Because I'm facing fears and, you know, and, and constantly moving into the unknown. Do you want to know what else I saw that I don't think anybody else saw because I had it for a long time, but literally it took you one, maybe less than a month to drop the convict code, your walk, the way you talked like, and you did five years, ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I don't know if you know this now, but there's people in there that's done two years that can't lose it. 14 years. But the last set was five, right? That's what I knew. 14 years. It's like to lose all that. 14 years. Holy shit. (laughs) Um, to, to lose that as fast as you did yeah. and to really believe in yourself and be like, that's not how I want to live yeah. and completely 180. Yeah. Like, I don't think people understand how hard that truly mm. is. Like, yeah. it's hard to have that, that those beliefs instilled and drilled mm-hmm. into you. Yeah. And then by the grace of God, they're relieved, you know? I, I made a decision, Brandon. You, 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 that's, you that's damn right you did. That's all it was. I, I was done, you know, and, and, and I was saved. And when... I d- when I when I prayed my first prayer and asked God, I said, "If if if you're real, uh, help me." Mm. And he visited he he visited me that day. Not not some huge aha moment, but he brought a peace over me mm. and relieved me of the pain that I was in. Um, I said, "Okay, I surrender," mm. wow. and and that's it. And I meant it, you know. And, so proud of you. And, and I have integrity in that decision. And that's the only reason why I'm able to keep moving forward the way I am. And that's the reason why we asked you on the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, it's, it's thank a, you, it, bro. It's, it's an honor. You know, I even have, though I'm a little nervous, but it's still an honor. Shake it off, homie. And he's yeah. doing great. You, you did know. 14 years. It's just a little room, bro. You're good. Yeah. Wow. I think that's just a great place to go ahead and pause for now. And I think we're going to go ahead and loop this over to a second part of this episode. Um, I just want to say thank you, Iran, and I just can't wait for everybody else to just hear the rest of your story. Uh, stay tuned, you guys, because we got another second part to this episode coming for you. Thanks, you guys, for sharing your heart today. It's so awesome to hear your stories. You are welcome. I just uh, really love all of you. <laughs> As you know, the views and opinions expressed by Brandon, Chrissy, and Iran are their own. These are um, not the opinions necessarily of the Reclaiming Lives Board. Uh, We invite you to check out our other episodes. Um, The first one entitled Two Roads, One Destination, which Mm -hmm. is Brandon and Christy's story. You learn a lot about how they got where they are now in their past. Um, Also, episode two, which features um, the topic of leading by example and how important that is um, to not only their recovery, but everyone else's lives that they are Everybody around us. And then um, part two of this episode, um, talking about peer support and how you can work in the field. Really appreciate y'all tuning in, and we hope to hear from you soon. Comment. Comment, like, share, do all the things. Tell your friends. Let everybody know. You guys, we are super stoked to be here, and we are going to be doing more of these. We are so glad that you guys stayed with us today. You guys have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.